0: Listen, if somebody comes along, I don't care how spiritual they look, how wonderful they seem, if they present a gospel other than the biblical gospel, they are a fraud, a liar, and they are an instrument of Satan, a false teacher.
1: Welcome to The Word Unleashed with Tom Pennington, Tom is pastor-teacher at Countryside Bible Church in Southlake, Texas. When it comes to the preaching and teaching of the Bible, how do you recognize false teachers? And how should you biblically respond to them? Hello again, I'm Bill Wright, and today Tom has part two of his current series titled Wolves in Shepherd's Clothing. Tom is examining the theme in Romans chapter 16 of the perpetual dangers of false teachers, If you are a true believer in Jesus Christ, while it's essential that you be aware of false teachers, you can rest assured that false teachers will never lead you into damning error. They will never lead you to believe in a false Christ, a false way of salvation, or a flawed view of the fundamentals of the Christian faith. The question remains, are you a true believer? And while never able to fully fall away, can true believers be temporarily persuaded or deceived? Keep all that in mind as we join Tom Pennington now on The Word Unleashed.
0: 2 Corinthians 11, verse 13, For such men are false apostles, deceitful workers, notice this, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. None of those people in Corinth were saying, I'm a false apostle. I'm a wolf. No, they're saying, just like Paul, I'm an apostle. Paul says, don't be surprised, verse 14, no wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Their master does that. Verse 15, therefore, it is not surprising if, notice this, this is who false teachers are, his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness whose end will be according to their deeds. I've mentioned it several times, but turn with me. I want you to see it. Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7, at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, our Lord says this in verse 15, Beware of the false prophets. And then notice how he describes them. Who come to you in sheep's clothing. By the way, notice, you don't have to go looking for false teachers. They come to you. They find you. And notice, they come in sheep's clothing. Like the wolf in in Aesop's fable, they, they try to look like sheep. They disguise their true nature. They want us to believe they're our Christian brothers. One author puts it this way, a false teacher does not announce and advertise himself as a purveyor of lies. On the contrary, he claims to be a teacher of the truth. Not only does he feign piety, but he often uses the language of historic orthodoxy in order to win acceptance from the gullible while meaning by it something quite different, something destructive of the very truth he pretends to hold. Pause button. That's very important for you to understand. A lot of false teachers will use the same language that is true of evangelicalism, of orthodoxy, but they mean something entirely different. They twist its meaning. You have to be so alert, so aware. He goes on to say, We must not be dazzled by a person's outward clothing, his charm, learning, doctorates, and ecclesiastical honors. You see, the real danger with false teachers is they come in disguise. They present themselves as real sheep and genuine shepherds. But Jesus here reveals their true nature. Look again at verse 15. But inwardly they are ravenous wolves. Outwardly, they look like real sheep, but inwardly, they're wolves. In other words, they're not real sheep. They're not real Christians at all. And they're not real shepherds. They're predators. Matthew Henry writes, every hypocrite is a goat in sheep's clothing, but a false prophet is a wolf in sheep's clothing. Not only not a sheep, but the worst enemy the sheep have that comes to tear and devour, to scatter the sheep, to drive them from God and from one another, they're wolves. And Jesus adds, notice, they're ravenous wolves. They're hungry, vicious, predatory. False teachers don't care about sheep. They feed on sheep. They use and destroy the sheep for one simple purpose, the satisfaction of their own lusts. Now, now don't misunderstand me. There are false teachers out there who absolutely know in their heart of hearts that they are lying frauds. There are people like Robert Tilton or Peter Popoff, some of you will remember that name. He was a man who decided he was a false teacher and involved in the, the, you know, false healing ministry and all of that, but he decided he was tired of it. And so he actually brought a film crew in and filmed how he carried off his his deception and then laughed as they counted the money on the bed of the hotel room so there there are false teachers out there who are very much aware that they are lying frauds others however are deceiving about certain things in their lives and ministry they're deceiving their followers at the same time they are also being deceived by satan This is what Paul says in 2 Timothy 3 13. Evil men and impostors will proceed from bad to worse. Listen to this deceiving and being deceived, both at the same time. So, with that, let's go back to our text, Romans chapter 16. Paul, here in this passage, unmasks false teachers, he pulls off their little red riding hood disguise to show them for the wolves that they really are. And he identifies false teachers in three ways. Notice, first of all, they are those who cause dissensions. Those who cause dissensions. The Greek word translated dissensions occurs only two other times in the New Testament. In one of those, Galatians 3 verse 20, we get a little more clarity about this word because it's linked with a couple of other words. It's between words disputes And factions. So here we learn that false teachers are those who bring their destructive teaching into a true church, and because they're not teaching what the church has always taught, what happens? There are those who listen to them, and there are those who don't, and so you immediately have dissensions. You have this state of divisive opposition. False teachers create disunity in real churches and between true believers by their aberrant teaching. So that should be your first sort of sign. A second way you can identify a false teacher is they are those who cause, notice, hindrances. The Greek word is scandalon, from which we get our English word scandal. But it's not really like that. The word originally referred to a trap that a someone who wanted to trap a bird or an animal would use, and especially the bait stick that had to be tripped in order for the trap to spring. That's this word. So in context then, it's referring to the teachings or actions of a teacher that trap others, that trap others. That can happen by, th- that make them stumble would be another way to say it, it's sometimes used as a stumbling block. That can happen by heretical teaching, and that can happen by a sinful lifestyle, but usually the two go together. Now Paul provides a third way to identify false teachers, and it's really the most important of all. Notice again, those who teach or act contrary to the teaching which you learned. That is the key expression. I mean, think about it. Sometimes divisions are for the truth. Galatians chapter 1, where Paul had to confront Peter publicly because he was compromising the gospel. Sometimes divisions are for the truth. Sometimes the truth itself can be a stumbling block over which people fall. 1 Corinthians 1, the message of the cross was to the Jewish people. So the real test of a false teacher is this. Is his teaching contrary to the Scripture? The teaching which you learned, that's Paul's shorthand for the truth that you have been catechized in, the truth in which you have been discipled, the truth of the Scripture. Roman believers were grounded in the truth, and they were now to examine every teacher to see if what that teacher lived and taught was contrary to the Scripture. You see, folks, there is a doctrinal and ethical standard we must follow, and we must be alert for any teacher that contradicts it. And that standard is preserved for us in the Scripture. Turn over to 2 Timothy. This is a passage we often quote out of its context. But 2 Timothy chapter 3, Paul begins this chapter by talking about the difficult days that are coming, the last days, the days we live in, and he describes not ordinary people, although these things are true of ordinary people as well, but specifically things that are true of false teachers. Notice, they are people, verse 5, who hold a form of godliness, although they've denied its power, avoid such men as these, for among them are those who enter into households and captivate weak women, weighed down with sins, led on by various impulses, always learning, never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. They're just like the false prophets in Moses' time, so these men also oppose the truth, men of depraved mind, rejected in regard to the faith. Now go down with all of that to verse thirteen. Don't think this is going to go away, Paul says. Indeed, evil men and impostors will proceed from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. You, however, Timothy, You continue in the things you have learned and become convinced of, knowing from whom you've learned them, and that from childhood you have known the sacred writings. Folks, there's the standard. The sacred writings. Compare what you hear a teacher teach and how you see him live against the sacred writings, against the Scripture. Now, teaching that is contrary to the Scripture can take many forms. But let me give you a summary. There are two main categories of false teachers. First of all, there are those who teach the worship of false gods. Deuteronomy 13 verses 1 to 5, Moses warns that there would be people come along in Israel who purported to be prophets who would say, worship another god other than Yahweh or another god in addition to Yahweh. And he says they're false prophets. Those are false prophets. But there's another category that is more likely a problem for most people in the context of the church, and that is those who claim the true God, but teach some combination of the following errors. Let me give you a, a list of errors. And I say combination because they, they teach one or more, usually more, some combination of these things. They're false teachers. Let me give them to you. First of all, they're false teachers If they have a false source of authority that contradicts God's previous revelation, a false source of authority that contradicts God's previous revelation. Look at 1 John chapter 4, 1 John chapter 4, verse 6, Paul, or excuse me, John has just said, verse 1, there are many false prophets that have gone out into the world. So how do you know how to recognize those false prophets? Look at verse 6 we that is the apostles are from god he who knows god listens to us he who does who is not from god does not listen to us by this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error basically john the apostle is saying here's the standard of a false teacher they're bringing a different authority source than the scripture so When you hear somebody come along and say, here's a book that is of equal value and weight to the Scripture, or our interpretation, the magisterium's decision about the teachings of the Scripture, that's really where the authority lies. Beware, you're dealing with false teachers. So understand this constant temptation. A second error that's prevalent among false teachers is a false Christ or a false gospel a false Christ or a false gospel. 2 John 9, anyone who goes too far and does not abide in the teaching about Christ does not have God. Listen, if somebody tells you that Jesus is not God, that He wasn't fully human, that He is the physical offspring of God and a woman if they try to tell you that he is not the eternal second member of the Trinity, that God is not a Trinity, on and on, if they present some different Jesus than the Scripture teaches, they are a false teacher. The same thing is true with a false gospel. Galatians 1, 8 and 9. Even if we, Paul says, if I as an apostle or an angel from heaven, let's say Gabriel, should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we have preached to you, that is, to the, the gospel you've already received that's, that's in, captured in the Scripture, he is to be accursed. He is to be damned. As we have said before, so we say again, if any man is preaching to you a gospel contrary to what you received, let him be damned. Listen, if somebody comes along, I don't care how spiritual they look, how wonderful they seem, if they present a gospel other than the biblical gospel They are a fraud, a liar, and they are an instrument of Satan, a false teacher. Thirdly, beware if a teacher teaches a lifestyle of license as opposed to personal holiness. Go back to Jeremiah. The prophet Jeremiah in Jeremiah 23 deals with the true shepherd, our Lord Jesus Christ, and then he deals with the false shepherds that were present in Israel at the time, those who were supposedly the spiritual leaders. And he he points this out. Jeremiah 23 verse 14, also among the prophets of Jerusalem I have seen a horrible thing, the committing of adultery and the walking in falsehood. In other words, even the prophets were sinning in this way, and they strengthened the hands of evildoers, so that no one is turned back from his wickedness. All of them have become to me like Sodom and her inhabitants like Gomorrah." Going down to verse 17, "...they keep saying to those who despise me, the Lord has said, you will have peace. God has a wonderful plan for your life. And as for everyone who walks in the stubbornness of his own heart, they say, calamity will not come upon you." This is what happens. False teachers come along and they say, you can live however you want. You just, you just pray this prayer. You just walk an aisle. You just hang on to that childhood profession you made, and you can live like a pagan all of your life, and you've got your get-out-of-hell-free card. This is what false teachers do. Fourth, another error that identifies false teachers is legalism and asceticism, as opposed to personal holiness and the fruit of the Spirit. Here's the other side of it. Some false teachers say, hey, live however you want. Other false teachers come along and appeal to your pride, and they say, oh, no, you need to be more spiritual and holy. You need to add these things to your life so that you're better than those other people. That's what happened with the scribes and Pharisees in Matthew 23. That's what happened with the ascetics in Colossae, in Colossians chapter 2, that's what happens in 1 Timothy 4 where false teachers are said to be teaching the doctrines of demons when they deny people the right to marry and they deny them the right to eat certain foods. So false teachers can sell license and they can sell legalism. Why? Because it appeals to your pride. Look at how, how holy I am. I'm not like the riffraff over there. And then the other error is false teachers tell people what they want to hear as opposed to God's truth. Look at Second Timothy, Second Timothy chapter 4. Paul tells Timothy verse 2, listen, you preach the word. You just, you just proclaim God's word, and you do this in season when it's popular, and you do this out of season when it's not. Why? Verse 3, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. They who? people who sit in churches, just like this one. But wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance with their own desires and will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside to myths. You know, false teachers, they're going to tell people what people want to hear. That's what they're going to do. You're not going to hear a message like this under false teachers, I can tell you that. False teachers inevitably want to give people a false sense of security. They want them to be comfortable in their sins. They don't warn them about God's coming judgment. The most dangerous thing about false teachers is what they don't say. They emphasize the love of God, but they avoid the holiness, righteousness, justice, and wrath of God. They emphasize the value of man, but avoid total depravity and sinfulness before a holy God. They offer an easy salvation the wide gate but they avoid Jesus demands for discipleship and giving up everything to follow him we must remain constantly vigilant for those who are guilty of those aberrations they are false teachers beware now using that standard here are some of today's false teachers i would be negligent if i didn't identify them there are many others but here are some of the leading ones that are out there I urge you, brothers and sisters, beware. Using that standard, here are some false teachers of today. Pope Francis and the entire Roman Catholic system. Why? Because they teach a works-based gospel and they have a different authority other than the scripture. Cults like Mormonism and the Jehovah's Witnesses, those in the Church of Christ who still teach baptismal regeneration, that baptism is necessary for salvation as that church historically has. That's a false gospel. Postmodern teachers who undermine the cardinal doctrines of the Christian faith. Faith healers and others who preach the prosperity gospel. By the way, even those in the charismatic movement say that more than 50% of the charismatic movement is the prosperity gospel. I think the number's a lot higher than that. But regardless, beware, they are false teachers. People like Creflo Dollar, Joyce Meyer, Kenneth Copeland, Paula White, Jesse Duplantis, Robert Tilton, Todd Bentley, and of course the two most well-known, Benny Hinn and Joel Osteen. Brothers and sisters, they are false teachers and those are merely representative. There are countless others. On one end of the spectrum, you have the gaudy deceivers, the TBN Benny Hinn crowd. On the other end, you have the erudite academic intellectuals with with their sophisticated dress and their smooth, ambiguous postmodernism. Some use publishing and conferences to spread their deception. Others, listen carefully, if you have kids in Texas schools, listen to me, Others stand in religion classes in a college with a Christian heritage like Baylor or TCU, and they pretend to love Christ, but they systematically undermine the faith once for all delivered to the saints. Beware. Christ and his apostles warned us. So what do you do with this this morning? Well, if you're here this morning and you're not a true believer, please understand this. Satan will try to use false teachers to keep you from truly entering the narrow gate, the only way to God, which is Jesus Christ and his gospel. He wants you to believe in a Christ that's not the Christ of the Bible. He wants you to trust in your own goodness, your own good works as the way to heaven, rather than the perfect work of Jesus Christ, our Lord. He wants you to enter the wide gate that leads to destruction. He wants to blind you to the true gospel, 2 Corinthians 4.4. What do you do? Turn to this book. Read the gospel of John. Ask God to give you wisdom and insight to the true biblical Jesus and the true gospel. Read the gospel of John and let the Holy Spirit open up your understanding to who he really is and then embrace that gospel in repentance and faith. If you're here this morning, you're a believer in Jesus Christ, understand this, and I love this, false teachers will never lead you into damning error. They will never lead you to believe in a false Christ, a false way of salvation, or a flawed view of the fundamentals of the Christian faith. How do I know that? Our Lord. Matthew 24, 24, false prophets will arise and will show great signs and wonders so as to mislead If possible, even the elect. It's not possible. However, even if you're a true believer, false teachers and their teaching can thwart your spiritual growth. Ephesians 4.14, spiritual children are tossed here and there by every wind of doctrine and by the trickery of men by craftiness and deceitful scheming. And false teachers can use you as a tool to propagate their error into the lives of others. Beware. Look at Second Peter. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 17. You therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, be on your guard so that you are not carried away by the error of unprincipled men and fall from your own steadfastness, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. Let's pray.
1: That's Tom Pennington here on The Word Unleashed. And that was part two of Wolves in Shepherd's Clothing. Tom will bring you part three next time, and we hope you'll join us then. In a world filled with great uncertainty, God's Word and the promises it contains offer wonderful encouragement to believers in Jesus Christ. We pray that the ministry of The Word Unleashed is playing a prominent role to that effect. And we'd love to hear how that works in your life and personal walk with the Lord. Write to us, won't you? Our address is listeners at org. Again, that's listeners at org. Or you can call us at 1-877-577-WORD. And remember to connect with us on social at The Word Unleashed. We also invite you to visit the thewordunleashed.org, where you'll find other resources, including additional radio series from The Word Unleashed. That's all at the WordUnleashed.org. And now for Tom Pennington and the entire team, I'm Bill Wright. Thanks for listening to The Word Unleashed exalting God's glory, explaining God's truth.